0: given new life, they are saved, but they're continuing to be who they were before. I had a conversation, this this pertains, so just relax, a conversation just today with a guy that said that he'd given his life to Christ when he was 14, some 45 years ago. And I asked him, I said, well, let me stop, And and first of all, the guy couldn't listen. You know, listening is an art. Most people listen to respond. They don't listen to listen. They listen to, hurry up, and give me a gap so I can say something. This guy, that was this guy. And I, I just want I, I to ask you a question. If you called me and I'm making an assessment as a doctor, I'd like to just talk to you about your salvation when it happened because his life is a complete mess right now. So I'm trying to get somewhere to see if what happened when he was 14 actually happened. Because if you're the exact same person as you were. There was never a change. You're not saved. Nothing happened. So I kind of went back in time, went back in time. And I somebody asked a question. If you were to die, um, he goes, Well, I go, Would you be with Jesus? And he goes, I, I really don't know. You know, this, Peter says, We've written these things that you would know that you have eternal life. You don't have to guess. I said, Let me tell you what I would say. When I meet him, if somebody were asked ask me the question, I would say, I can tell you this. Most certainly, I do not deserve heaven. I'm not a good person. He kept saying I'm a good person. You've got to be very careful when you're telling a you convert a person, that they're not a good person, but you need to get around to it somehow. I told him, you're not that good. You're not a good person, and neither am I, right? No, nobody's good. No, not one is what the Bible says. And you've got to be very careful. I said, you know what? The only reason I'm going to heaven is because I placed my faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross for me. That's the only reason. So the book of Ephesians, I love the first two chapters. The book of Ephesians, I would say sit, walk, stand. The first two chapters, right, are who you are in Christ. Three and four are now that you know who you are, how do you walk? What's it look like to flesh this thing out called the journey with Christ? Five and six, now that you know who you are, how to walk, how do you stand? Five and six are all about how do I stand? So let's, you guys with me? Okay. Hopefully this will make sense, because in my mind, this week it made great sense. But sometimes it makes great sense in my mind, and you guys leave here going, I just don't really know what happens. I'm just not really sure. But I tell you this, if you leave here with one little nugget, it's cool, right? Just a little spiritual. It might be a big, like a basketball, just kicking it. It might be, it wasn't that good, but it wasn't worth driving from Union. But we are glad to see you again, Amen. Now, chapter 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience in many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. You guys ever kick a dead horse? What happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. A dead horse is just that. It's dead. So I was dead in my sins. And Paul was saying, you know, I'm included in that group. He was saying, you were, and I was too. You used to live in obedience, just like the rest of the world. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey. God. All of us. Notice it says, all of us. Used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Does that sound kind of dire? Look at your neighbor and say, You were in bad shape, boy. Really bad shape. And so was I. The important thing is, you guys remember, so was I. We are all in the same boat. We were all rowing on the way to hell and had no clue. We were following all the things that we used to do, the inclinations of our nation. The funny thing is we have this sin nature that's opposed to the things of God, and we have an enemy that likes to mess with that nature and really draw, entice us into it. A lot of times people will say, the devil made me do it. I got, I got tempted, you know, I got, I got, this week I was, just, I was just tempted by the devil. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there, right? Yeah, all right, right. Perhaps it was your own evil nature that enticed you and dragged you away. We're not looking behind for the devil behind every bush, right? But we do know we have a real enemy. And we, I'm not going to get to Ephesians chapter 6. I think that's berries. But you guys understand that the devil's kind of in charge of this down here. You understand that, right? He's been given temporary dominion over the prince. You understand that, right? We fo- it should have been Adam's, but he forfeited. Gave it up in the garden, chapter 3 right? So it's been given over temporarily. Now, when Christ came back to establish his kingdom, it is here. We don't have to invite it in. We don't have to invite. It's already here. It's our job to get in the kingdom through the birth of Christ. You guys with me? It's getting strange looks. But I always get strange looks from this table, so it doesn't really. Oh, I'm cool. Okay, that's fine. So you don't have to do anything to go to hell. We were already on our way. Because we were already, by nature, enemies of God. You guys understand that, right? And everybody's like, I just don't like this. That's just the reality. That's what he's saying. By our very nature, we were separated from God, period. Doesn't matter how good you were or how bad your neighbor was, you're probably as bad or worse than your neighbor. We were all in the same boat, 7 billion of us, on our way to hell if Christ would not have come for us. Right? Simple. Simple. It's such a simple thing, but we want to do it our way. I want to be good enough. I want to be the master of my own domain. And like Alpha said, you have to go humble to invite a Savior into your life. And sometimes he has to put his foot on your neck to get you to understand that you can't do it, even here, let alone getting to heaven. Okay. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everybody else. So Just calm down. It's all level. We're all in the same boat. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were, what? Dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us in with him in the heavenly realms because we are united to Christ Jesus. How about that? So when you said yes to Jesus, Tim, how long has it been? Six months? Five months? Four? Seven? Five months, okay. So you died on a cross with Jesus 2,020 years ago. You were connected. And by faith, by faith when you received Christ, technically you died, you were buried, and you rose with him. How about that? And right now you're seated in the heavenlies. You too. I'm, I'm assuming everybody here is saved, I think. So the ver- the righteousness that Christ had was placed on you through faith. So you already experienced, Christ experienced the punishment that you deserved for you. Took our place. Isn't that great? That's great news, guys. I mean, you got to get this. I hope it's, you, you probably already know this. So maybe it's review. I don't know. But Paul's really laying out. Where you were, this is where we were. This is why we don't just go praise God for saving me. Just, just thank you, Jesus, for saving me. You guys were a mess. I was bad. <laughs> Lynn wasn't as bad, but she was still bad when you compare yourself to Jesus and not your fellow man. See, we want to compa- compare ourselves to the neighbor or the dirt sack up the road. It's easier to compare, but the gap between us and Jesus is immense, and the only way it's bridged is through his death, burial, and resurrection, and your faith in that accomplished thing. Okay. And who gets the credit? Watch this. For he raised who? Us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. That's great news, right? That's great news. Now watch, why did he do that? So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for those, for for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Two things going on there, I think, the way I was reading through this, okay. You guys understand it's all about Jesus. You can't take credit for anything. You know, we're going to be talking about grace with Jesus until the, until the, forever. So we'll be in heaven. God will be our teacher. And we're going to learn from him. And we'll be exploring this grace that he's talking about for the next, whatever, eternity. Thank you. Yeah? So we'll talk about it. And he'll, he'll explain to you. I also think when I see a guy like this guy, or this guy, or this guy, or this guy, or this guy. Immense examples of grace. Am I right? Joshua, Pete, Barry, Sarah. Oh, definitely Sarah. Rich. We're examples of his grace. Tim, I know. I don't know that much about you, but I know enough. (laughs) You need the grace just like the rest of us, friend, right? We're examples of his grace. So when somebody comes to you, you might see the brown bag Saturday or Friday? Um, Do you share that, your experience? I know that some of you guys do. And sometimes we've been Christians for so long, we forget that we were rescued as disobedient and all the things. We forget that was us. And when you meet somebody that's just like you were, (laughs) well, obviously they don't know Jesus. They're just like you were before your regeneration. That wasn't of your doing. It was Christ's doing. So why would you boast? Right? Right? Pause that. We're examples of grace. How many of you guys witnessed to somebody this week? Raise your hands up real high. At work? Really? All right. All right. How many of you didn't? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a joke. Come on. Relax. You're having fun at church. But how many of you get so tunnel visioned in on your own stuff that you just miss opportunities? Doesn't mean you're a bad person, you don't love Jesus, doesn't mean anything like this, just means sometimes life just takes over and you're working on the car, you're working on your job, you're doing, taking care of kids, whatever it is you're doing. We all We all do it, right? We just get too busy. How many of you are tired of missing your divine appointments? I know I am. I miss them all the time. But we are examples of his grace. Just like when people come over to the campsite and that thing comes rolling and everybody comes over. Everybody should come over to our life that knew us before and go, I knew you before. What the heck is going on? Because that is not who you were. Who did it? It could not have been you. It had to have been beyond you. That's examples of his grace. Right? And some, even the good people. There's some good people in here prior to Jesus. Good. You needed it as bad as you guys hear the story about the guy, the swimmer? Anybody remember who Mark Spitz is? Wow, no kidding. We're definitely an old church. We're getting younger, though, amen? You know who Mark Spitz was? Good for you. Mark Spitz was, he was an amazing swimmer. He was the man. He was before David Smelt, the high swimmer, I mean the guy swimmer. Before him, even. he could. You got that. Good job, Linda. So, any, yeah, that guy. Heichel, yeah, that guy. Michael Phelps. Okay, anyway, he was a good swimmer. Supposing, just supposing, uh, you set out, Pete, to swim to Hawaii. How far would you make it? 67 miles. Pete's a heck of a swimmer. How far is Hawaii, by the way? Anybody know? About that far. A long way. Would you say you get swimmable? Okay, so Pete gets out there. I get out there, and I I'm a terrible swimmer. My wife has to save me multiple times on vacation. Sometimes I fake it. Hey, we're married, whatever. Anyway, we go out there, and, and uh, seriously, she has saved me a couple times. <laughs> whatever, it's a whole other sword. But I go, I get about a mile off the coast, okay? Pete, pretty strong swimmer, he's 67 miles off the coast. He's a liar, too. <laughs> Mark Spitz gets out there, and that guy, he does like 150 miles. Who's going to take him the rest of the way? doesn't matter how good you are, how good you've been. Doesn't matter what kind of swimmer you are, how good a swimmer you've been, you don't have it in you to get to Hawaii. That's why Christ had to come. He come for us like that. Now, here's the thing. So when you, I, I, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to bring that other scripture in, fellas. I'm trying to figure out if now would be the good time, because this is what's been on my spirit. Let me just pause. It's been on my spirit that some of us are on the way to heaven. And nobody knows about it. And you're not carrying yourself like you're on the way to heaven. Not like, uh, it'd be like you're, and we all go through seasons when we're getting our kicked, don't we? Can I say that here? I didn't say it. I just kind of alluded to it. But like Jim Carrey in that movie, Liar, Liar, remember the bathroom scene? You don't remember? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm kicked. Okay. Sometimes we do that to ourselves and you're blaming everybody else, your mama, your daddy, your situation, your job, your boss, your manager, your uncle, your situation, your past, and all this stuff, when the reality of it is you're kicking. Even the special table got this. Let's Give it up. For you. Good. Good job. Special table got it. i not sure what that means, but whatever. Okay. I'm not going to go there yet, fellas, but I'm going to go there in a minute because I'm going to drop it down. And, Barry, I may not get through this thing tonight. Okay. Joshua. (laughs) Why do we even, you know, I need some friends, guys. I need some new friends. New guys, if you want to, I got some applications out there. If you want to come see me, I'm going to be replacing some friends. Just kidding. I love my guys. For he raised us from the dead with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Right? Isn't that cool? Our life is hidden with him. Okay, that's. So God can point to us in future ages ages as examples of incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Now watch this. And this is a. Uh. A benchmark and i remember as a new christian reading this next one and you know it's like when you're brand new you're reading something and you're like oh. john three sixteen, can you believe this god loved the world he gave his only son for me oh lynn um that's very popular well of course it was i was testing you whatever But this particular scripture, Ephesians 2.8, I remember discovering this for myself. There's nothing like when you discover it for yourself. It's just like, oh my gosh. It all of a sudden makes me God's favorite. That's right. But guess what? You are too. That's the point. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it I've said it before I would say it again if I could figure out a way to save myself I'd have been a bragger well obviously you guys needed Jesus you see I saved myself I did enough good works Saved myself we know that's a lie you can't save yourself it's a gift you receive it by faith you can't buy, it. you can't do good works, you can't go to church enough, you can't go in your mother's pedigree, you can't go in your father's pedigree, you can't do this, you can't do enough good things, you can't get enough money to the plate in the church, you can't do anything to save yourself. It is a gift that has to be received by faith. It takes all of the pressure off us. So when the guy said that to me, how do I know? Well, I tell you what, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with what Christ did for me, and I received it by grace on May 1st, 1993. That's how I can know. Now I spend the rest of the time, the rest of my walk, finding out more about the one that did save me. I'm free. Martin Luther said, love God and then do as you please. Because if you love God, you're going to do as he pleases. So relax. You, don't have, you can't do anything. You can't add to it. You, either, you can't become saved or <laughs> You're either saved or you're not. You know? There's no such thing. Even the, I'm, you know what I'm really impressed with tonight? The special table really getting it tonight. It must be your influence, because they didn't get anything last week, or two weeks ago. They were scratching their heads and looking at me all crazy. I was just like, whatever. Oh, yeah, I know. But we love you, amen? And we're growing, right? By faith. Paul says from glory to glory. Now, watch this. For we are God's masterpiece. There's a word, and it's a big word, and it's a Greek word. I don't speak Greek, so I don't use a Greek a whole lot. But what it means is a poem, a beautiful poem. You're a song a song right a masterpiece he created us anew in christ jesus so that we could do the good things he planned for us long ago and there's a scripture and i i'm going to butcher it up but you'll understand what i mean you know god positioned you he planned your days he put you in the right area the job that you have don't think that you chose it god chose it for you The city that you live, the time that you live, the country that you live, the family that you live with, this was all pre-planned. I don't know how it works. It's about my pay grade. Somewhere with sovereignty and free will, working together, God has brought you to this point. You think you make choices for yourself, and we do because we have freedom. But, God, this is all planned out. Is that crazy? You wrap around your head around that, forget about it. But one thing I do know, you didn't choose God. He chose you. He chose you. And some people, even right now, he's tugging on your heart. And he's saying, I'm choosing you. You can continue to live in the mess that you're living, and I'm with you the whole time. Or you can say, take a knee and come to me and watch how I'll flip this around. I'll make something beautiful out of the wreck that you've made. And the cool thing is a lot of people that we know, a lot of people that we show, let's just say, and I've said it before, there are a certain kind of show that they're living. <laughs> and it's not a good show. They've made a certain kind of show out of their life. God can take that and flip it around and do something beautiful with it. And that becomes your testimony. And that, you become an example of grace. Grace right? Because really, if you didn't know me before, dude, for real. I couldn't string two sentences together. I couldn't. My thoughts were all over the place. Not that they're still not, but God's bringing them in order. Amen? Because he's a God of order. I'm an example of his grace. Lynn had no confidence at all. None. Look at her now. Bossing me around. It's a wonderful thing. Somehow, the two in the back, Joshua escort those out and his ladies out the door. <laughs> that's an example of his grace. That's what he does. He takes all this bad stuff and he, he does God's stuff and turns it for good so he gets glory. It's, it's, is that the craziest thing? Am I the only one to think that's crazy? He takes a bunch of junk and makes something beautiful out of it, makes masterpieces out of us. Some of you were masterpieces, and now he's making masterpieces. Let's go to John chapter 11. Let's do that. And I thought about this in the shower, actually. And I was thinking, praying through it, and, you know, I'm thinking about it. And, and uh, Lynn's trying to get dressed. And, hey, I'm sick in my head. What do you think? Just whatever. And it was this week. And, and I just thought of it. This, this is the story of Jesus and Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. He was dead. Okay. As a doornail, whatever a doornail is, he was like that. <laughs> Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. The reason he was angry is that disbelief. I cannot believe the things that, all the things that he had shown, Mary and Martha and the people around him, I cannot, he wasn't angry like, oh, I'm going to whip them. He was angry and probably disappointed because they didn't believe him. I've done all these things and I can't believe you still don't believe. We get like that, don't we? How's he going to do this? There's no way he can get me out of this thing. Well, didn't he get you out of every other thing you've been in? might have been his way, but eventually he, eventually he got you out of it, right? But yet the next big thing, oh, this, I tell you what, he can do all things. He Christ gives me strength, but I can't. you can't quit that sin, but you believe you raised him from the dead. You don't think he can bring you out of that addiction or that funk or just you? Seriously? I think that's the question that he's asking us today. Even You don't think I can do this? They heard the same word that you heard, but it didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with. Real loud. Faith. Faith. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Have faith. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so they would believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Stop. I looked up the Greek word for that again. I don't know why. Again, I don't speak Greek, and I can't even say But it meant with authority. Lazarus, come out. Randy, on May 1st, 19, three, 19, <laughs> 1993, I almost said 1903. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes, actually. Come out. Randy, it's time. When it pleased God to reveal a son in me on May 1st, 1993, he rolled away the tomb the, the, And told me to come out. I came out. Len, same day, rolled away at the tomb. Tim, I was there when it happened, rolled away at the tomb. A lot of people, I had been here when Jesus said, Come out of the tomb. Isn't it great? Yeah. Then Jesus had Elijah come out, and the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. Thought about that, okay. As I, as I thought about my friends that just keep tripping up. Like, remember the Donkey Kong thing? <laughs> Does anybody remember Donkey Kong? Am I really dating myself tonight, all right? Uh, uh, the stupid barrel on level three kept tripping me up every time I played it. I couldn't get, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get over this thing. Until I watched somebody that had gotten over it. And they showed me the way. Feel me? They showed me how it could be done. You see, they were examples of grace. And I said, if God can do it for them, well, why couldn't he do it for me? But what bums me out is when I see people continuing, I'm going, man, hit the dang left button with the, with the, 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 the what you call it, the joystick hit the l and do that Nah, i'm not doing that man i'm not doing that i'm gonna do my well you're gonna keep tripping over the same thing you see i know a lot of people right now that are walking around with funky stinky gross grave clothes on and they're out of the tomb huh that's stinky stinky christians i've been a state who's been stinky I think Diane's probably, you're probably the only one who hasn't been stanky. I know, you're stinky too. But when you've been stinky for 30, 40, 50 years, and you're still, you won't let anybody come to you and help unwrap you because you're too proud for that, or you won't come to somebody and say, man, I, I, no, here's the deal, man. I'm a little funky. And I keep tripping over the same dang thing. And I don't know how to stop tripping over the same thing. I don't want to trip over this stinking thing because I know it's making me smell a little funky. You guys understand the metaphors? Okay. I think think sanctification, I think we need each other. We need each other. We need each other for like that. Helping a brother out. Had a fella come to me the other day. I got this uh, this headband that's still left from my old life that I'm not anymore, but it's still messing with me, and it's stinking, and I don't know how to get it off. Well, let's talk about. It. Let's pray through it. Let's help you. Let's figure out what's going on. What's going on? Okay, we're gonna do this thing. You guys picking up what I'm throwing down? There's a reason the Bible says. Do not neglect meeting together as some are in a habit of doing because we're going to be wearing grave clothes until we come home. Some form. But if you're still like, every once in a while you're like, <laughs> yeah, there's something going on. But if you're just foul and really funky and you've been doing this thing for a while, come on, man. God wants to use you to point to. How's he going to point to you? It's like, maybe he's doing this. Here's what you don't do. You see, this is examples of grace that got abused. This guy just kept on sinning because he thought grace would abound. Paul addressed that. No, they don't do that. We don't keep sinning so grace would abound. We hate it. We uphold the law. Let me say this, too. There's a, there's, a, there's a linear line that's a standard. It's God's standard, which is the word. When the enemy comes like a flood, we raise up a standard, which is the word of God. Doesn't mean that we lower the standard for our brothers that can't seem to attain it. We hold fast the standard. And when a brother falls away, which if you've ever fallen down, which I have, you don't lower the bar. <laughs> can you lower the bar down a little bit so I can do it? You hold the standard. You, you, you uh, associate yourself with people that are holding the standard. And you come back. And you bend your life to the standard. You don't bend the word to fit your life. You, the word doesn't change. It, it, it's continuous. So when you do that, and you're just like, well, I'm out. I'm taking a time out. You're wrapping yourself up in the grave clothes again. You're putting that stuff on. that was stinking and funking and all this stuff. You're putting it back on, right? We're trying to get rid of them, not Adam again. But on occasion, because we're human, and grace even covers that. So I think I'm going to land the plane there, and that's actually pretty good for me. Is that about 40 minutes? Is that pretty good for me? The special table says yes. We had a couple up here earlier. If you guys got anything out of tonight, Here's what, here's what my, my, I would beseech you. This would be my prayer for you, that you would recognize where you were and what God has done for you. And when you recognize who you were and you understand what God did for you, it leads you to this area of gratitude and an incredible sense of responsibility, not to pay God back, but to serve him because you know who you were and you know what he did for you. Pretty simple, isn't it? That's pretty simple. Just please tell me you think that's simple. I mean, simple for us. It was very difficult for him, and we're going to be discussing this for the next, well, whatever the word—six weeks. In the age to come, we'll be talking about this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get it. I'm glad I could, glad I could make it simple, Mel. Father God, we thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you rescued us. Not from anything we did, but simply because you are God of mercy, Lord. And you do not delight in the perishing of the wicked, Lord. So we thank you because we were all wicked before you stepped into our mess. You didn't wait for us to get cleaned up. You stepped right down into the thick of us and you rescued us, Lord. And we were all disobedient and foolish at one time, Lord, but you rescued us anyway. So we thank you for that truth, Lord. Let us be grateful, Lord, and let us be pointed to as objects and examples of your grace and your mercy and your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> A flying squirrel, no, that's something new. Looks like he's karate, like karate squirrel. Kind.